You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress, and I am so excited to have Dusty Heggie here with us. She is the owner of Caffeinated Sites, and she is the website guru and website design guru. So uh, we're going to be talking about when is it time to create your own website, um, what are some things that should be included, and when is it time to hire out to hire a web designer if this is like outside your element. So Dusty, thank you so much for being here. And spending yeah, time with us. And really how excited. about you start off by telling us a little bit about you and how caffeinated sites came to be? Because I know this is kind of like a, a long story in the making. It <laughs> is. Yeah. My my like business sort of journey is not at all linear. It's not like I had this idea and then it came to be. Um, I started in like the online business world, I don't know, right out of high school, um, when blogging was really at its height. <laughs> <laughs> and I started this blog called, it was so looking back in it now, I'm like, oh, sweet, Dusty. Um, <laughs> um, it's called like Cliffs and Canyons. And it was just a lifestyle blog and like a crafty sort of blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Ooh, had a lot Cliffs of fun with canyons. it. I like that. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. And I grew over time to be an Etsy shop where I sold like handmade longboards. I did like the design and the artistry on top of longboards, which most people don't know. Um, and then I sold cards and stationery and all kinds of prints. And then that slowly developed into a women's ministry. Um, I started doing like in-person events and I had a podcast called Throwing Pine Cones. It was all very fun. And my goal was to be a place where people, where women in particular could have access to other great, really sound theological Bible teachers and people who are wrestling through big topics and asking really good questions. I mean, so that podcast really, really grew. And over time, God asked me to lay it all down. And it was really heartbreaking to me. I didn't want to stop. After a while, I let it go. Um, and it was a while later that I started another business and I uh, made handmade candles that sold out every time I launched. From longboards to candles. I, I'm all over the place here. <laughs> Um, I, uh, every time I launched, they would sell out and that grew wow. into a houseplant business. And I did houseplant mm-hmm. Academy, which is still one of my most asked for like courses. Um, it was a huge, I had a huge podcast, which you can still listen to today. Actually, it's called grow well podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are. I'm not adding anything new to it probably ever, but it's still there to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sold subscription boxes and courses. I've developed Bible studies and truly through it all. I, um, despite having so many hobbies and so many passions and things I wanted to pursue, God showed me that there's really two reasons why I'm doing all this. It's because I really just like want to serve people, whomever God brings to me. And I realized that and God really showed me that, um, I just love, like, I just love business. Like I love business so stinking much. (laughs) So many women and men are starting all these businesses because they love the work that they do. They, they love their craft or their trade or the product that they're selling. um, And they're good at those things. And that's why they start the business. And then it's like a second or third, sometimes seventh thought later on (laughs) down the road that, oh, I need to like know business, but that Mm -hmm. comes easy to me. I like, I'm like a business book junkie. I love Mm -hmm. it. 
Um, and then my husband was like, well, why don't, why don't you do that? <laughs> why don't you start teaching people about business since you love to teach and you're good at it and you yeah. have fun with it. And, um, I served for a while as the marketing director at black Lake Bible camp or marketing manager. And, um, through that, God just showed me like, wait, Dusty, you know, like way more than you think, you know, like mm -hmm. what I feel like is common knowledge is just not common knowledge. Right. right. Um, and so it's been really fun just to see, look back on what I felt was me being a quitter time and time again, of like starting Ooh, yeah. and stopping and look back on what I thought was me, um, not being able to follow through on something. I could see God redeeming all of those missteps and God pulling together all of these like frayed strands of my story to be like, no, 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 no. Like you have something really cool ahead of you. And even if it lasts for a while, it's still going to be incredible. And I'm still going to do something awesome through it. Yeah. So that's been like sort of my own personal revelation. And through that caffeinated sites was born. So yeah. I build websites for people to help them energize their business. But for me, it's a whole lot more than that. Um, because the web, your website it's more than just like your space on the internet. Like it's not just your corner of the internet. It's like your dreams and your goals and your aspirations of your self-made career, like made visible to the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. And so it's really an emotional process and it's really a vulnerable process. And it requires a lot of intentionality and a lot of forethought and a lot of strategy. And so I mm -hmm. see a lot of men and women slap together a website, which quite honestly is, is yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah which is quite honestly like, <laughs> really something to be proud of in and of itself. So I would really say, do not get down on yourself. If you're a mm -hmm. person who has slapped together a website, because that's a really bold, brave step forward. But I also want to like help you keep moving forward and it shouldn't mm -hmm. stay slapped together. Right. Um, so I'm excited to dive into more of what that means, but yes. I want to be able to like come alongside men and women and help them build businesses that they enjoy being in. I don't want them to start out all shiny and happy and excited about the work that they can do and the ways that it's going to impact their community and the world at large, and then be burnt out a year and a half in because they forgot about taxes and marketing and right. like business management and development in general. And then mm -hmm. it sucks the life out of the craft and the service that they love. I, I don't want to yes. see that happen to people anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I designed websites. And that's yeah, how I, I help. Love I love it. Yeah. Oh, so many good things in that. And I love, we recently were talking about a few episodes ago about flexibility and you said something about the, the, you know, the things that you felt like, okay, you were a quitter in, but then got actually used to like bring you here. And, um, we had talked about how, like you just, it's okay to let go of things or of like a schedule or like a preference or something that you think is perfect for you at this time in your life. And then it changes. And that's kind of just part of like, you know, being person. So things change uh -huh. and spoiler alert, Dusty is working on our website, secrets of Royal so and definitely literally had that conversation where it was like, I slapped this thing together. I had a friend help me. And now it's like, okay, a year in, I want to make it the best it can be. Definitely cried several times during that call because it is so personal. And it's like, so um, I think it is really cool when you do get to a point where you're like, okay, I want to just put everything in this to make it the best it can be. And also knowing your limits and knowing like the best it can be is not something that I can do. So yeah. Oh yeah. Dusty comes oh, yeah. in. <laughs> okay. So let's start with the very basics. Okay. Mm -hmm. When would you say that websites are necessary? 
So I'm thinking of somebody who maybe they're a listener and they're currently building like a side hustle with their sewing business and they've been getting a lot of referrals from friends. Then, you know, this local bridal shop starts referring, or maybe they have like a social media page, a Facebook business page that's been working. And when do you know it's time to just bite the bullet and and start the website? Mm -hmm. I would say there's two different points that it might be made clear and it depends on it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. So the first one that I would say is if you are going into it thinking, I'm not really sure if this is going to work, it's going to be fun for a while and not really in with the intention of this is going to be my main source of income. So if you're Mm -hmm. starting this as a hobby, I would say once you reach an income threshold, set a number for yourself of like, once I earn $5,000 from this, it's clearly working. Like I've earned $5,000 from this. Um, it's time for a website at that point. Mm -hmm. I think set an income goal. If you think it's just going to be a hobby and I wouldn't make it more. I love the money goal. I love like a very clear, once you get to this dollar amount. Yeah. I wouldn't let it be higher than 5,000. Cause if you've already made $5,000 in one year from your hobby, heavy air quotes there, (laughs) there's no longer like a hobby that has incredible potential. Should you choose to pursue that? And even if you Mm want to keep it something small where you only earn $5,000 a year, um, you should still have something that to make the most of your time and of your client's time. Um, because having a website doesn't cost a lot of money on the back end. Like it really mm-hmm. is a minimal fee if you do something simple and straightforward. Right. The second I time, the, I think it's the mind block of like, I don't know how to set up a website. I think that's yeah. the part that's like, we put off mm-hmm. dealing with that because it's scary, maybe more than yeah. the money part. So yeah. yeah. And as we talk, hopefully this conversation will make it feel much less yes. scary because it <laughs> yes. doesn't have to be scary. <laughs> exactly. The second time I would say, if, if you're going into this knowing this is going to be my business, this is going to be the way that like my primary source of income at that moment, you need to have a website. As soon as you start charging mm-hmm. money, even if it's the first $10, you need a website. If you yep. know in advance, this is going to be a business, it, you must have a website. Mm-hmm. I think that also does something to like your mindset. Cause I remember when I started my website, I quit teaching a month later. It was like when I had the website and and it was always in the back of my mind, like, okay, I want to leave the classroom, but I don't know when. And then it was like, as soon as the website was up, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even at my, I I wanted to get to a certain percentage before I quit teaching. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wasn't there yet, but I guess having the website kind of like gave me be like, okay, I am a professional now. Like let's, Mm -hmm. let's do this and and take it to the next step. So um, I can see how that could really shift how, um, intentional you are with your business growth. Once you kind of put it out there in the world and like, okay, this is a thing we're going to go forward. Yeah. And as we kind of go through the rest of the content we have planned to talk about, it's going to be made really clear why it's important. You have your website up. It doesn't have to be at the very beginning of Mm -hmm. your business, but it doesn't need to be the, one of the very first things you focus on. And as we talk about it, you'll people will see why. Cause I love that. There yeah. are a lot of reasons why. Mm-hmm. And this is great. I think a lot of seamstresses and I, yeah, with different conversations that I've had, mm-hmm. um, we can be really strong on like the sewing end, but like you mentioned before, the business mm-hmm. end can be like, Oh my gosh, here I am like years down the road. Okay. And I haven't, you know, attacked this side of the business. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to gain a lot from this. So moving forward when like, I could see how someone would think, okay, if you're selling a product, you need a website because people need to click on the thing, order it, and then you ship it. So is it as important for a service provider, like as a bridal Mm -hmm. seamstress to have a website? So, um, 
why is it important for service providers if we're not selling a, a physical thing to have a website? Yeah. So, I mean, for a seamstress, you are selling a physical thing. It's just the physical thing is through a service. And yes. so you guys are in a really specific, you guys are in a, a unique position because not only are you selling a service and a, there's a physical aspect to it, you mm-hmm. also have like a physical location yes. um, mm-hmm. that's attached to it. And so those three things, when leveraged really well, um, are going to just make your business very solid. 76% of consumers look at an online presence, specifically a website, before physically visiting the business. 76 is a high percentage. Of those people, 50% will just leave if the website is not user-friendly or visually appealing. Like these numbers are staggering and insane. Like there's so much research about why having a website not just it, it makes your business real in the minds of your consumer. You and I know your business is real. You and I, you know, you're good at your craft and you're good at what you do and that your service is incredible. But the people whom are coming in, who have several options, don't know that like they Mm -hmm. could go to any seamstress. They could go to a big chain and probably save more money in the end. Like it's really important that you have a website because you are in control of that website. Like if you just have a business page or if you just have an Instagram, um, you don't own any of that material. In mm-hmm. fact, everything you publish on those platforms are no longer yours. Like it is possession of Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> like none yeah. of it is yours. Um, <laughs> you can't control it. You can't like direct people to places. You can do your mm-hmm. very best. And I'm not saying don't be in those spaces. I'm just saying, hold it all with a very big piece of salt, like, Mm -hmm. because it could all go away in a second. We've all seen huge influencers or marketing gurus or experts get their account taken away. Like that could happen to you at any moment at Mm -hmm. anybody for no reason, because it's not really yours. Um, And so having your own website as a specifically as a service provider is really important because the service that you provide, yeah, you're coming with a way with a physical product in that they're having this beautifully made gown. Um, and there is like a physical element to it. A lot of it is like an experience. A lot of it is sort of heady and it's hard for a person to understand exactly what they're walking through. If you don't have a really clear and beautifully designed website that lays out this information so that your potential clients can say, Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat, I would hire Nadine, like Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. I trust her with my gown, which is like arguably one of the most important pieces for a bride on her wedding day. Like (laughs) that's a really big, that's a really big step for somebody to to take, to trust somebody else that they don't know with Mm -hmm. their wedding dress. Like that's huge. And without a website, it's hard to build trust with that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Totally get it. So what information should be included? Yeah. The biggest piece that I, um, have noticed. So I did a little research before we got on this call and looking at other bridal seamstress like websites. And I noticed I actually, out of the like several that I looked at, only one of them said the physical location of where <laughs> they, where they were at. Like, thank I you. I don't understand why, or I saw a few and I've seen this a lot in the bridal industry, which just, which just blows my mind, but they'll, they'll list the big city that they're near and yeah. not the city they're actually in. Mm-hmm. Well, I can kind of get on board with this for a wedding photographer. I still have qualms for that. 
it like absolutely is like a non-negotiable that the actual city that you're in, as opposed to the big city you're near needs to be on your website. Absolutely. You can yes. totally leverage the big city you're near. So I live in Olympia, Washington. I'm really near Seattle. If I want to like lean in to Seattle to try and bring in more website clients, I could use my blog and other ways to boost SEO so that I will come up for Seattle website designer. Mm -hmm. But what I need to have on my website is Olympia, Washington. Yeah. Like that needs to be very clear. And it's less important for me as a website designer so because too. everything is service. But when for... I first contacted you, I think I thought you were in Portland. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm in your hometown. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I <laughs> yeah. thought you were in Portland this whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I did live in Portland for a time. So that makes sense. And, I and it had nothing to do with the information you had on your website. It was just, I think I was just thinking of back when I first started following you years ago and you're in Portland. Yeah. Uh -huh. yes, yeah. That is, I see that all the time where I'm like, it's crazy. There's, um, I think sometimes like if you keep scrolling down, there's like a tiny little map and it's like, you know, cause you see where like mm -hmm. whatever Yep. or nothing. And it's like, yeah. um, yeah, that works. It should be like above the fold on your website before a person mm -hmm. scrolls down. It should say seamstress in Olympia, Washington. Mm -hmm. Like it should be so clear what you do, who you're doing it for and where you're doing it at. Like all yeah. of that needs to be above the fold. So that just means like before you scroll down on your phone or on your computer, um, it needs to be plain, plain, plain. Mm -hmm. Also add it in the footer. Also add it on the contact page. Also add it within blog posts to optimize SEO. Um, but it needs to be at minimum above the fold on your website. Yeah. The other thing I would say is your services. This sounds really obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people don't <laughs> list their actual services like in plain speech. No jargon. You need to keep it simple and clear. It doesn't need to be this fancy, like ethereal, magical time. It just needs to be. I am a seamstress. Here's what I do. Yeah. Like really, really clear. Um, and there are ways you can sort of spruce up those words and write really good sales copy to help connect with people on an emotional level. Because at the end of the day, you're not just selling like your seamstress services, you're selling confidence, you're selling empowerment to women, you're selling like excitement and joy of their wedding day, you're selling celebration, you're selling a lot more than just your seamstress services. And so that is really cool if you can. Take the time to really write good copy. But at the end of the day, what matters the most is that in plain speech, no jargon, you list your services out. Mm -hmm. okay. um, the next thing I would say is uh, testimonials. Testimonials make like ideal clients 58% more likely to purchase. 58 is another big number. Like yeah. you need to have testimonials. And I think a lot of people, when they hear testimonials, they just copy and paste the giant Google review. It'll be like mm -hmm. really, really wordy. And there's 100%. lots of words. And while there is some value in that, um, you don't need a ton of words for your testimonial to be really powerful. In fact, if it could be one, maybe two sentences of like, you take an excerpt from what a person says, or you kind of workshop what a person says, email it to your client and say, this is the gist of what I got from your review, which meant so much to me, by the way, is it okay if I say these words, do you feel like that really encompasses what you were trying to communicate to me about feedback yeah. from our time together. And then yeah. post that, like, for example, you could say something like, um, have something say like Nadine was incredibly fun to work with. She communicated really, really clear with me. And I'm so excited to wear my wedding dress. Like that is really short. It's really clear. It's nothing fancy. It's just kind of really confirming in people's mind that you're reliable, that you're fun to be with and that you make the process easy. Mm -hmm. So that is like, what's really important with testimonials for the testimonials. I would really inclu include them 
by all the call to actions. So include them by all your buttons on your site that say buy now. Um, include them by your contact form. Include them, just kind of sprinkle them out all throughout your website. It doesn't need to just be like testimonials page because really not very many people are gonna click to that testimonials page. It might not be a bad thing to add, but at the end of the day, people aren't gonna just read testimonials as much as they want to kind of scroll through your site and have all the questions they're having in their mind answered before they have to ask them. Yes, yeah. And so that's why it's important we sort of sprinkle those testimonials throughout a website. Mm -hmm. The next thing, I have two more main things that I think that should really be included. So we first talked about where you're located, who you serve and why you serve them, your services, testimonials, a newsletter sign up. Let me okay. just tell you how important a newsletter sign up is. In my mind, it is a non-negotiable. You don't need a big fancy like email funnel. You don't need something like extravagant. You need a way to collect leads mm -hmm. because um, this is going to be the way that you're going to be able to serve ideal clients in the future. It's so much easier to have a repeat customer than it is to get new clients. Mm -hmm. And I understand that like the nature of your guys' industry is a little bit different in that more than likely they're not going to need to have a wedding dress like I, you know what, we were just talking about this within the membership because, um, we were talking about how to use, like we get these email addresses from all the inquiring brides. And I like how you, I never thought to just collect their email addresses, even if they didn't inquire about services, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just to get them yeah. because we've talked of what to do with those emails. You can promote your, um, gown preservation services. If you're mm -hmm. creating custom veils, custom garters, embroidery, like there are all these like up, upsells that you can mm -hmm. add upsells that you can add to your ticket and to send those emails to your clients before they even get in the door with you. So they're already thinking, Oh, okay. Okay. So 250 extra, I can have my gown preserved. Okay. For like $200, I can get a custom veil or whatever. Like, so they're already hearing that from the emails and they're, you know, getting these emails from their seamstress. Who's so excited to work with them. Mm -hmm. Here's, you know what I mean? So I love yes. that idea. And so I'm so glad you touched on that because we were mm -hmm. just chatting about this, I think like a month ago. So I yeah, think I interrupted you though. So keep going. No, oh my <laughs> goodness. A good thing to interrupt me on. I was really hogging the floor here. <laughs> the, it is really it, for every reason you said and more, it's so important. So like, yes, for the upsell um, possibility, but also for the downsell. So let's say somebody is interested in working with you. They signed up for your email list because they want to know, I don't know, whatever thing you offer in exchange for their email list, whether it be a discount, which is a very fine way to encourage people to sign up on your email list, or if it's a freebie or a guide to help them plan their wedding date, the, the possibilities really are endless. And that's a whole separate conversation for a whole separate time. But you can offer a downsell. So let's say they do a consultation. In the end, they decide not to book you or maybe they ghost you. You can send some automated follow-up content that just is there to remind them that like, hey, you're not so much here for their money as much as you're here to serve them. And if they don't choose the book with you, that's cool. We have some other options that might serve you better than the first option that you thought. That might be a, a lower price point. That might be really good recommendations, things like mm -hmm. affiliates or referrals. Um, where you would get a little bit of kickback because it's better that you earn, you know, 10 cents from the Amazon referral than nothing like right. just, and, and you're good to serve those people, even if they say no to you, which is really, mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, most of our goal, like our goal really in our businesses is to serve our community and serve our people really well. Yeah. And having an email list is the best way to make that happen. Yeah. I I'm so glad you're talking about this. Cause I think this is like, 
we, we, you already said this, we don't think this applies to us, but there's so many different ways that you can utilize the email yep. list. Even if you're feeling like, okay, I just, what am I going to do with an email if I sew for them? But yep. then your mind can open up to all these different things that you can offer your brides or ways that you can communicate or things that you can tell them before they even like get through the door. Mm-hmm. It's cause, um, yeah. like I used to just send like one email, like, here's what to, you know, here's how to prepare for your first fitting. Here's when to get there, what to bring, what to wear, blah, blah, blah. Don't come sweaty, yeah. all that stuff. Don't come right after the gym. <laughs> yes. Please think But now show. it's like, okay, I can actually have, you can create an email sequence where your brides, and I know you know this, but I'm just sharing like, yeah, um, yeah. giving ideas of like, you can have a sequence that you pre-type out three or four emails and they can be sent weekly to your brides to prepare them and get them excited for their first fitting with you. Mm-hmm. And that way they're getting these continual, friendly, beautiful reminders. Like, don't forget your shoes or here's where to park when you you know come to my house or my shop or whatever, or have you considered, you know, other custom add-ons or whatever. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I just get really yeah, excited. You're right. You're really right. And also recently I was diagnosed with ADHD, which really does make sense of my story of starting and stopping <laughs> a million things, but that's neither here nor there. But knowing that about like four businesses and you're like under 40. So yeah, that does make sense. Yes. (laughs) But, but also like, I really want to serve my people well, but I'm not going to be consistent. My brain is not made to be consistent. It's just never going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. I just have to admit that. Right. It sucks for me. And I hate it. That said, there are ways that I can like work smarter and not harder. And an email list is one of the best ways that I know how to do that because I think a lot of people get hung up that like, oh, if I'm sending my clients, especially in the service industry, I see this sort of kickback from people about email lists. Like I'm not going to be very personal. It's going to be really like staged and I'm not going to be able to really create a good relationship with my clients. Mm -hmm. But I would say just the opposite. I think write your emails with tact and grace and personality. Be you in your emails. Don't be some robot writing these emails. Um, But also from my perspective, with my ADHD brain, I know that if I do the work in advance, if I really set up a good sequence, a good automation, then I can show up for these people, even when I forget, even when I get too distracted by all the other things that are demanding my attention. And I think that that applies to even a non, like to a neurotypical brain, to somebody who does not have ADHD. Life is really full and life is really busy. And there are so many things demanding our attention. And it's really easy to sort of let people slip through the cracks. And we don't want that. Like we really want to be respectful of clients who who traded their email for information 100%. for a relationship with us yeah. because yeah. inboxes are like a really me getting on my soapbox about email inboxes are really <laughs> personal space. Like think about if you get spam email, how immediately angry you get uh, immediately like, unsubscribe. Yes. Like you're and unsubscribing block. to all the things you're wondering how the heck they got there in the first place. You know who the worst so one is frustrated thinking Poshmark. I don't know when I first signed up for, a, Oh my gosh. If you, if you ever, this is like a warning to anybody listening. <laughs> If you ever For get real. sucked into a, uh, a Poshmark sign up, do not do it because I've had to unsubscribe like probably 10 different times. Cause they have all these different like boxes that you fit in. Like, like if you want to sell stuff, if you want to buy stuff, if you want to refer. And I don't even know when I gave them my email address anyway. Okay. Whew, now I'm like, sweating. I could have bought it yes, from somebody. That is a thing. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So email is a whole subscribe. separate thing. We can get dive deeper into maybe later, but next episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a newsletter sign up is a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. The last thing I would say, and I know this feels like a long list, but it doesn't have to be as complicated as we're like fleshing out these ideas right. more as we're talking. Um, but for now, just like take the first step of starting the thing. But the last thing that really is truly non-negotiable is a blog. 
And if that makes you immediately feel exactly like like that, you have to say that it really is a non-negotiable. And the reason is because it increases um, consumers trust by 60. I think we're going to have to cut this conversation short. Sorry, Dusty. I think we're done. (laughs) I I really believe you for a sec. I was like, no, but really, I think. (laughs) And this is not just like everybody's response is like this. It's because it feels like one more thing we have to do. But let me, let me provide you with some relief here. So let's say you start this blog. You're Mm -hmm. increasing the like trust of your potential clients by 67% just by having the thing. Wow. And using it regularly. It doesn't need to be every month or every week. It could be once a month. It just needs Mm -hmm. to be consistent. So whatever time, just do your very best to be consistent. Um, but also it increases your SEO. It increases your marketing efforts, especially if you are a physical location, like, like all of your listeners are going to have a physical spot where they are sewing. Um, and just to ease your mind. So it feels like, man, we have to create content for Instagram. You have to create content for Facebook. You have to create content for TikTok. You have to create content for email lists and blah, 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 blah. And it just, it's like, it's really crippling. Like it's just so much. And then all of a sudden you just do nothing and you just watch TV Mm -hmm. because it's like, I'm not going to do anything anyway. <laughs> Been yes. there, done that. Yes. Yeah. And so instead of thinking about it like that, let's think about it like this. You have to create content for your blog and or podcast. Mm-hmm. Those, can, those are kind of the same ways as long as you're optimizing your podcast or YouTube content. So you pick your platform, blog, podcast, YouTube, any one of those things is fine. You're going to format it like a blog post on your website though. Um, you're creating your content for, so let's use your example, Nadine. You're creating content for your podcast. Mm-hmm. then you're just going to trickle that down to the other places. You're going to mm-hmm. optimize that content for, you can say, let's say one podcast episode can become at least four Instagram posts mm-hmm. because you're talking about several things and you're not giving away the whole farm on Instagram. You're just saying, here's a slice of what I talked about for, to learn even more head to this link mm-hmm. and direct them to your website. Then you're still serving your people on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever you choose to push that content out. Additionally, before you push it out to anybody on social media, send a link to your email subscribers and say, Hey, I wrote this new podcast or this new podcast or this new blog post, or I've recorded this new YouTube video. You're going to get first access because you're my email subscriber. And I really value your time. So Mm -hmm. here you go. Give Mm -hmm. it to them a day, two days early, and then push it out to your other things. So you're not creating content for 10 platforms. You're creating content for one platform. Mm -hmm. And then you're just sort of serving up little pieces of that pie to the other platforms that you choose to market on. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Um, okay. Um, really quickly before I move on to the next thing, when you mentioned the physical location, um, I think a lot of, uh, seamstresses do work from home. So how can you, how do you navigate like the physical location? It's my house. So I don't want my house up on the interwebs. Right. Right. So if you have a, whatever your business, so to register your business, you have to have a physical location. Mm -hmm. Um, and so whether that be your location is your home or you're renting a PO box and your physical location is your PO box, it's still Mm going to be in the same city. Cause my guess is either you're going to a public place to transfer the dress, or I guess, do people mail gowns? to have no. them worked on, they, no. they deliver them. Yes, absolutely. So you, so, like okay. you can, um, even you can have like a, okay, I'm in this city, but mm-hmm. you don't need to have your address. Like even when I was working from home, I never had my address on my website, but it was once like the, you know, these brides are committed, they have their appointment date and time. And that's mm-hmm. when I send over my 
home address. So yes, just kind of yeah. want to clarify that. Like we're not asking Absolutely. you guys to like, you know, put your like home address no. on. Please, please don't. Website. And the same is true for email. Actually, in order to be following like GDPR, like legal mm -hmm. requirements for email, you have to have a mailing address, like a physical address. And services like ConvertKit, and I think Flowdesk does it too, allows yeah. you to use their address so that mm -hmm. you can still follow those rules without giving out your personal address. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to, uh, encroach upon like a hot topic and I don't know if you know, this is a hot topic with seamstresses, but, um, oops, I just hit my foot on my chair. That was that crash. Um, how do you feel about posting your prices on your website? Yeah. In my mind, it's a non-negotiable that <gasps> absolutely you should post your prices on your website. I would say too, this is not just a hot topic within uh, your industry, but within mm -hmm. all industries, yeah. it's something that's widely debated. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you my um, perspective on why I think that you should list your prices. But I would like to say on the front end that if you have good reasons why you feel like you shouldn't be listing your prices and you're willing to sort of back those up, by all means, don't list your prices. Please don't think this is me saying you're doing something wrong should you choose not to list your prices, but mm -hmm. just maybe hear my side and hear why I think that you should, and then sort of do some research and consider your yeah. options. So, um, the main reason I think that you should list your prices on your website is primarily because it's going to do a couple of things. The first thing is it's going to set expectations between you and your client right on the front end. So what I do for my own website is right now my website is all down hopefully by the time this lives it will be up and running again but right now I have a landing page so these things aren't on my website but when my website is finished properly mm -hmm. what I typically do what I've always done is say my basic website package with a basic branding package like the bare minimum version of my service has a starting point of between like 3,000 and 5,000 I give a small range of like these are the starting point prices and then I have a little blurb underneath that explains why it's just a starting point and why it's going to change. And I really position that copy underneath those prices as saying like, listen, this isn't just for my benefit, but this is for your benefit too, because I really want to provide you with the highest quality service. I want to give you my full attention. I don't take on mm -hmm. more than two clients at a time. And so because of that, I have to charge a little bit of a higher price because I really want to give you my all. Like right. explaining why, because people, I think sometimes when we take the time to explain our prices, we get really nervous that people are going to think we're being greedy, but the opposite is actually true. When we take the time to explain our prices on the front end, it doesn't have to be like a uh, line by line, exactly what we offer and exactly mm -hmm. what every tiny little thing costs. Um, but when we take the time in the front end to explain what our prices are and why at a starting point it really increases trust. It shows our potential clients that we are confident that we are not just shooting out an arbitrary number, but that there is right. a reason why this is our starting point. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think that's really important is it, is it, um, I think I said this a little bit already in the advance, but like it set expectations between you and your client. So mm -hmm. when your price point, so let's say I really do take on somebody who's the bare minimum package and I just charge them $3,000 for their website and they don't have any add-ons. It's a really simple website. It gets up and I work with them and I do my regular stuff. Mm -hmm. When in advance, if I was to talk to the next client and I know right out of the gate, like they have a much larger budget, they have much higher needs. They also have to have a podcast and a shop. They also have e-commerce options. They, they have all of this extra stuff. I can feel really confident saying, no, it's going to actually be more like 8,000. And here's why. 
Mm-hmm. Never once have I had a client say to me, but why you said your, your price was going to be 3000 because right. on the front end, I took the time to really value their time and set mm-hmm. expectations on the front end and say, here's what the prices are. Um, and here is like what that process will look like to validate mm-hmm. or not to value, to really value your time and to value my time. Right. So let me, let me give you a scenario. So like I, I have my, um, my packages mm-hmm. and my packages do not include the, the cost of alterations because re- like alterations, there's just a, like a long, such a long list of what you can get done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I have three packages that include basically their appointments, uh, the cost of appointments, and then they can add on like steaming services or like a dress yeah. reveal, whatever for the third mm-hmm. tier. Um, so, and then I, there's a little, you know, it describes what's included in those packages and then you know, this does not include the cost of alterations. So should, um, how could I add my prices without like a price menu? Could I say typical mm-hmm. alterations are within this range? Would that yes. be enough? Okay. Yes. And I would, and it doesn't have to be a lot of words. It just gives people a starting point. Cause if they don't mm-hmm. have the starting point price, they shouldn't be wasting your time and they shouldn't be wasting their time. Like right. we want to really respect their time and they can find somewhere else that can meet their price point a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you will be able to find a client that is going to be a benefit right. for you. Right. A price point. Um, although like it does put food on your table, it is a little bit arbitrary in that it sort of helps us find the people that we're meant to work with, mm-hmm. because if they've already checked off all the other boxes, they've gone through your website and they're like, wow, these testimonies are incredible. People seem to really enjoy working with her and she really knows what she's doing. I feel really clear about the process. And then they get down to a price point. And if they see a price point that's way outside of their budget, they're going to be like, oh, well, she's awesome, but I can't afford this right mm-hmm. now. And maybe I'll come back later, or maybe I'm going to readjust my budget because I really value everything she's saying. Yeah. It, like it helps to find the clients that are best for you when you're really yeah. upfront about your price point. And so mm-hmm. this exactly like what you said, you don't need to have a line by line price. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it because it yeah. takes away your ability to adjust the quote as you need. I so agree. let's say totally. you find somebody somebody who books that you can tell is like a red flag client. Like you can tell this client is going to be really needy. It's going to ask a lot oh, of, we stuff. don't have those you <laughs> <But> <laughs> in advance that it's going to be difficult working with this client. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can say, and the, from the gate, because you haven't listed your prices, you can just charge more mm-hmm. than you would ordinarily charge. You know, it's going to be more work for you anyways. You know, yep. it's going to be more emotionally draining. You just bump that or price emails to reply to. You just bump that price up. And if they say no, no sweat off your back. That was a red flag client anyways. But if they say yes, then sweet, you got another thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, like, and that's why you shouldn't say line by line, but you should say sporting. Okay. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. And that's like the best of both worlds. So happy medium. Um, okay. So, um, I just love this because there's like so much info. I'm almost thinking like, do I want this to be two episodes? Because there's so much that we're like diving into. So this may be a two-parter. This is me Um, restraining myself too. (laughs) I know I can tell. Like, wow, just keep going. (laughs) Okay. So, um, what would be the first steps, um, to building the website? Is there a a platform that you think is more user-friendly? Yes. So the first steps, I would say, let's talk about the first steps and then we'll talk about platform. Okay. So first steps is write out your customer journey, every single step from not knowing who you are to like being a raving fan. So Mm -hmm. from the marketing efforts to like the follow through after 
they're done working with you, all of the steps that happen after then, if you don't have steps that happen after that, make those steps. Mm-hmm. There, there should be some follow through afterwards. So all of those steps, write out every single step. So that is going to include like how you're marketing to them, the like checkout process. Like, are they working through something like HoneyBook where you're like, is that where you're processing payments or like, like, what does that process look like? How do you mm-hmm. send invoices? Like what email communications do they need at what point in time? What is the process of them coming to the location? Like what does a gallon handoff look like? Are they coming into the office and you're measuring them in a studio? Is it something that they give you your measurements? Like those kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. The whole process. And that's your step one, because that is going to really inform how you design your website to be strategic, to work better for you as opposed to against you. Okay. Mm -hmm. The next thing I want you to think about, and it doesn't have to be really complicated, but it does, it should include like a bullet list point, like step one, two, three, four, five, and just kind of blaze right through it. Mm -hmm. The next thing is your mission statement, like, or your brand statement. Some people call it like, why are you a bridal seamstress? You could sew literally anything in the world. Like, why are you doing it for brides? Why does this work matter to you? And write that out and be really clear about why you're doing the work. In my opinion, that matters a whole lot more than who you're doing it for, if I'm being Mm -hmm. really honest. The who Mm -hmm. does matter, but you're doing it for brides. Like, why are you doing it for brides? Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are the two main steps that I would say as preparation before you even like start the website trial and start building anything, have those things listed out because it's gonna really set you up for success. I'm actually working right now on a free like mini course called how to brew, how to build your website brew kit. And so I call a website brew kit, like all of the stuff that you need. That is so cute. Thanks. <laughs> I know. The stuff you either need to know that you need to gather, or you need to create in order to have your website built. So whether you DIY it or hire it out, you still need all of this stuff because I think a lot of people think that when they hire a website designer, they're going to write all their copy. They're going to do all their branding. They're going to write all of this, everything, but a website designer is a very different service than a copywriter, which is a very different service than a brand photographer and a brand designer and an SEO strategist. Those are all different things. And there's some overlap, but all of those things are different. And so when you work with a website designer, um, you're not doing all of the work, but you do have to do some work. Like we need to know what you know in order to put it on your website. And that takes some work on your end. Mm -hmm. And so this course, which you'll be able to find at caffeinatedsites.co, um, so I'm hoping I can have it live by the time this is, um, yes, published. Yeah. but, um, we'll help you to gather all of those things together. Um, but I would really start with customer journey and your mission statement Okay, are the first two things. And then mm-hmm. as far as website platform, my opinion is that Squarespace rules all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Squarespace, especially for service providers. If you have a really big e-commerce shop, I wouldn't re- recommend Squarespace to you, I would recommend Shopify, but my guess is that most of your listeners don't have a e-commerce shop at all. And if they do, it's probably pretty minimal. And for those types of, of people, I would really recommend Squarespace. And the reason why is because it offers great depth of customization for a professional like myself, but it's also very intuitive and user-friendly for the beginner. Mm-hmm. Um, and they already have pre-built-in templates that you can use that that's from Squarespace. And there are countless shops. I'm going to be releasing some too also um, of like Squarespace templates that you can buy that you just sort of have to plug your copywriting, your images in. Um, And it's not going to be quite as custom as say, like working with a website designer one-on-one, but it's a really great starting point so that your website doesn't feel so slapped together. It still feels really professional but mm-hmm. you don't have to spend the $3,000 minimum to get the really nice site. 
Right, right. I don't think you need to invest in that uh, website designer right out of the gate. Like, right. I just don't no. think that that's necessary. No. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i like a huge fan of DIY just to get started, just to do yeah. the thing, yeah. like get it out there. And mm-hmm. um, even just like, if, if like starting with your landing page is like the first thing, then just like do that, get it out mm-hmm. there. And yep. then each step does get easier. So then once you're ready, do the next thing and invest mm-hmm. the next thing. If that's the next step is put yeah. money into it, whatever. Yep. Um, and really okay. lean into templates because there are really great website templates. Um, a lot for another one that's called show it, which I've, I've used enough to know that like, it wasn't the website platform I would want to use, but mm-hmm. a lot of people do really like it. I've so heard that it's too. worth, yeah. it's worth looking into, mm-hmm. um, Squarespace just, and show it. Are yeah, the things that. have come so far in making you know, websites or emails Mm -hmm. or whatever. So user-friendly and kind of not like takes the thinking out of it, but takes the fear out of it. So it's not like you have to start. It's not like WordPress where you're just like, oh gosh. WordPress is so overwhelming. Seriously. I'm a website designer and I'm overwhelmed by it. Yeah. um, (laughs) I I remember somebody recommending it to me because it was free, but it's like, it's free because you will die after you do it. So well, and you have to add so many external services to make Mm -hmm. it really do what you want it to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love Squarespace. And so that's how I, that was my first, you know, landing page that I made. And then Mm -hmm. I, I was able to kind of recreate my sweet Francis site for Secrets of Braille Seamstress. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, let's make the membership page even better. And that's where you come in. So where, how do you know? I mean, I know my own journey of how I got to the place to hire out, but when do you know, like, it's time to invest in this thing. I need a professional to help Mm -hmm. take over. Yeah. The first thing I would say is look at your numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're earning enough income that it doesn't even have to be like, you're super wealthy and this is like your main, all a source of income. Um, but it just has to be a trend of up. Like Mm -hmm. it just has to be consistently you're earning more or at least staying where you want to stay. Cause sometimes people don't really have a goal of earning more. They just have a goal of being consistent and that's fine too. Like if you have a couple of months in a row, maybe I would say two to five months in a row of being consistent and continuing to grow up to a point where you're like, no, what I'm offering is good. It is working. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of fumbly. Like I don't feel confident sharing my website to people. I offer a good service and I feel good about that. But like when somebody asks me for my website domain, I kind of shrink back and I don't want to share it. And I tell them to follow me on Facebook or Instagram instead because I like those better. Oh, I've heard that a lot. Yes. I don't want that to be the case for you. So at those points, if you see the trend in your numbers and your revenue going up or staying consistent to a point where you feel confident that this thing is going to work and it's worth Mm -hmm. the investment, then it's time. Yeah. Um, because I think also having, um, like I ask my members regularly, like, uh, what do you want improved or what? And it's like hearing from them that it's like, it's clunky. And it's like, I know it's clunky because I made it. So obviously like, you know what I'm saying? And so hearing yeah. from, if you can even get feedback from your brides or from friends, mm-hmm. ask them to navigate the website. And if they have issues, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. if they can't do it smoothly, then like a brand new customer isn't going to be able to navigate it smoothly, you know? So be kind of being open for like that feedback from people who have it on the website. Um, and then you just know like, oh, I got to smooth it out. And if I don't know how to dusty, will. (laughs) yes, or somebody who, or somebody will, like it's worth just shopping around and finding somebody Mm -hmm. who you're going to really jive well with and who is going to respect you in the position that you're in and is Mm -hmm. able to sort of help you to get where to where you want to go. Because at the end of the day, a website really is a big investment in your business Mm -hmm. and that should be treated with great honor and with great respect. And it should be a a process where you can find a website designer who, who helps you 
who's willing to give you a pep talk, who's willing to sort of be in your corner and help you get from point A to point B, because it's about more than just visuals. Like the visuals are representing something so much deeper. Mm -hmm. And so finding a website designer who you feel really comfortable with is key. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And it's so exciting. Like to think that um, I just think about these women who they've been working so hard, like from home, like as a side, I'm going to get like emotional, but like you put in so much work doing more than just one thing to build it up, Mm -hmm. to build it up. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, I I'm able to give this to somebody else to make it as beautiful as it can be. And that's like Mm -hmm. such a huge step. Like, and I, I've even seen, um, you know, seamstresses that I, I work with or that I follow. And I see how, like, I, I notice when it's like, oh, they got somebody else to help them because all mm-hmm. of a sudden the, th- the way that we have, or that I've seen them now, the world is seeing them as like this, like elevated professional. Yeah. And it's like, um, and, and not to say that like, you can't grow your business, mm-hmm. um, well, like in a DIY way, but yeah. if you have that ability to like invest more into it, I don't know. It's just really something I think to be commended because it's like, and it's kind of scary. Like it's a big step, you know? And I think some people are definitely on that edge of like, okay, it's working. Okay. So far with what I've already developed in my own, do I take the next step? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. scary. And while I'm always team invest in a website designer, when the time is right, I think that when the time is right is really important Mm -hmm. because maybe you're in a position where you've DIY'd it, but your DIY feels embarrassing to you and feels sloppy and you don't like it. Or your customers feel um, like friction when they're on your website. It's not smooth Mm -hmm. and easy to get through. You can also just take some time to learn about website design. You don't have to Mm -hmm. learn about design. You just need to learn about the psychology of a buyer and learn about some really basic steps, which is why I'm really excited to update my website. And I'm going to be releasing a ton of new content. So if you're in a position where you're like, I still need to DIY it financially, I can't invest in it yet. Take the time to learn about what makes a website easy to use. Take the time to learn about like what needs to be on our website and how can I write website copy and write the words that really keep people there? Because those Mm -hmm. things are really going to make all the difference until you're ready to hire like a professional website designer and really yeah. invest the time yes. yeah. and the brain space in that project. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is a great time for that because most of us um, in the Northern hemisphere, we're getting into like a slower season. Yeah. So um, this is a great time to, yeah, yeah like, do, do, you know, study up and, and make some changes where you can. And yeah, yeah. it's very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, okay. So last question uh, with clients that you have worked with and, you know, you've designed their websites, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. has an efficient website improved their business and how do you measure that? Yeah. So the way that I measure that is different for each client, Mm -hmm. but without a doubt with every single client I've ever worked with in the history of me working with websites, it's confidence. Mm -hmm. And that confidence has led to so many other really incredible changes in their business. They feel more Mm -hmm. confident to pitch their services. They feel more confident to raise their prices. They feel more confident to just enjoy the process of being a business owner because it doesn't mm-hmm. take up so much mental space and doesn't feel quite so scary when you when your outward presence matches your capabilities and your service inwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also every client so far has saved money by investing in me. Like what? I had one client in particular, this doesn't always happen, but one client in particular who doubled her investment within three weeks, like three weeks of launching her website. She doubled the investment she made 
Oh my gosh. That's and incredible. Just the power of not just a beautifully designed website, but a really strategically designed website that mm -hmm. serves over manipulates. That's 100%. like not clunky, but it's smooth like butter. And it's fun to be on your website mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want people to enjoy being around you, around your business. And they want, we want them to come back again and again, because a client will not book with you the very first time they get on your website. Guaranteed. Ooh. Like so rarely, Why not? <laughs> I think because they're still, they're still shopping around. Rude. Yes. They're not gonna, unless they know <laughs> you personally and they've already made their mind up and they're just going your website just to book mm -hmm. more often than not, they're going to shop. They're yeah. going to think about I know. who I do buy something. Yeah. Who yeah. buy something? I just recently bought a pair of shoes. I'm so excited about They have I been on my post about them this morning. And I was like, those are very oh, cute. stunning. They're like an investment <laughs> pair of shoes for me. I'm the kind of person who just doesn't like shoes. And when I buy shoes, I buy one pair that lasts me like seven to eight right, years. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've had these ones on my wits just forever. But then I thought, man, what if these are not the most excellently crafted pair of shoes? And I spent, I kid you not, months looking yeah. at all different kinds of shoes, similar styles of different styles. I looked on so many websites. I read so many product reviews. I read so many product descriptions because I wanted to find the very best. Mm -hmm. And I really feel confident that I did because I took the time to do that. More often than not, your clients are doing something similar. Maybe not quite as extreme as my <laughs> self, but they are going to look at other options. They're going to look yes, at the yeah. stores. They're going to look normal. at other yeah. yeah. And you want them to, because when mm -hmm. they book with you, you want them to feel so confident that they made the right choice. And the best right. way they're going to do that is by looking at other people and being like, you know what? No, they're not for me, but this person right. is. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be so great. Um, thank you for all of this. And um, Dusty is also going to be leading a training within our Secrets of Bridal Seamstress membership all about branding. And I cannot wait for that. It's like, it's going to be really fun. Yes. And that's another thing where it's like, we kind of, oh yeah, branding is a thing about alterations too that we have to consider. And there are some great seamstresses out there who are excelling at this. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to feature them on the podcast, um, to just kind of get us all excited for, um, the branding training. So yeah, I'm really so, excited. Dusty, thank you so much. And literally I cannot wait for our new website to drop. So it's going to be so good. I'm really, I cannot wait. I'm I so wonder excited. if I should save this for like when that happens. I don't yeah, know so you certainly can see how amazing you are as they listen to this. I don't know. That would be great. They'll see the work. <laughs> we can also okay. sit together and like map out a launch plan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. That'd be really fun. Um, okay. So ca uh, caffeinated sites.co and then you have, what is it? The sweet brews or what is it? The website brew kit will be website brew kit. Okay. on the website. So it's not live at this moment. I'm hoping it, my goal is to get it live before this episode airs mm -hmm. and you can just go to caffeinated sites.co and it will be right there for you. Okay. Okay. Dusty, yeah. thank you so much. We'll have a great weekend and I cannot wait to get this into, I want to say into the ears of our listeners, but that's kind of creepy, but you know what I mean? I mean, I that is what it is to listeners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks Dusty. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.